Welcome back to Pack Your Mics, everybody. We are the Top Chef Podcast from the creators of Read and Weep. We aren't as knowledgeable, but we're like hanging out with a fun group of friends. That was yeah. a that was a review on Reddit. Um, oh the, really? Okay, the, we didn't read that, so I I know I know. Um, I, I, like, I just like, thought, that, oh, that sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like you're, if you're referencing something that no one knows, it's like you're making an opinion yourself. Yeah, that's true. I was planning on saying it after. I just wanted to see your reaction right away. Um, the uh, the the gang is partially here. You guys joining me in port. I'm Alex. Uh, by the way, I am uh, I am the man who is reading the hosting things. That's another thing you did not read so you don't know why i said that but uh joining me here in portland is megan hello hey megan um also joining us we in uh in northern california it's ezra and sarah classic hello hello Hi guys. hello classic and also and there's occasionally uh children and then down in southern california there's new sarah and kyle and uh, maybe a dog Oh, oh, actually, that's a really good reminder. I gotta yeah, take we his gotta collar take off. his collar off. He's he's on my feet right now, so he might make a sudden appearance later in the episode. Uh, but as I was going to say, bonjour. <laughs> oh yes, bonjour. C'est moi, Eric Repair. <laughs> Surprise! I'm your dream. As in Sarah. A ray of sunshine in my life. It's me with my clefouti. My children wish I would stop making. <laughs> Man, I had no idea dream. what that was, but I I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I've had a clafuti. I think it, it's like it's like kind of it feels like a messy parfait if I remember. Yes, it's a it's one parfait. of those classic goo desserts where you just have a bunch of different types of goo together. <laughs> oh, it sounds lovely wait. when you say it in yeah. French. Never mind. I think my yeah okay yeah it's 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 like it's sort of uh, or like a sweet sweet it's like quiche. a creamy fruit pie. Oh, sweet wait. quiche! Sweet Is quiche, creamy fruit pie, goo dessert. <laughs> well, it's like flannish, right? I can yeah. see like, why these not... kids don't want any more of this. <laughs> Please, no borrow clafouti papa. <laughs> <laughs> no papa, the clafouti citrumet. <laughs> Man, French kids are adorable, huh? They are. Um, uh, let's see. So this is uh, uh, it's uh, episode three of season 16, the Kentucky season. Um... And it is time, it's my favorite time of year on Top Chef. It is, even though it was 112 degrees last week in the middle of June, today it is Christmas Eve. Yay! Thanks to the magic of the Magical Elves editing. Um, it has jumped all the way ahead to Christmas. Uh, let's just jump into the quick fire. Uh, Brooke and Blaze, two previous second chance winners, are back and they are in dumb sweaters. Um, they seem pretty happy though. Like I feel like the edge has been taken off both of them. Oh yeah, know, both of them seem chill. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, uh, uh, I thought uh, in general, Blaze handled um, David's freakouts pretty well. Oh, that was or, or Eddie. Which one's the one that's crazy? They both David. are crazy. David. Oh, <laughs> but Dave is the one who was like, "I love you." Yes, Dave's the one who like, blurts, "I, I love you," at every judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Blaze like, pray hands. Pretty yeah, nice. yeah, he yeah. was like pretty cool about it. It'd be weird. It'd be easy to get kind of weird out. Like, man, you're like have some dignity, man. We're on a show. It's probably not the first time it's happened to him, though. So you know, well, that's true. He just feeds off. It. You know, I think well, he's yeah. numb to those things. Last week, Dave was like, "I'm in love with Gail Simmons." That's true. He did say <laughs> he just he's loves like, everyone in a very serious yeah, and uncomfortable way. It's, it's Teen Girl Squad, right? Where it's like, "I'm in love with every chef." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I feel like the thing Blaze is famous for is being on the show, and you are currently on the show. So maybe like act like peers a little more. You're the Blaze now, dog. Yeah, exactly. Wow. The, Whoa. The Blaze is inside you the whole time. <laughs> um, so they're there pretending it's Christmas season. The kitchen is all decorated in uh, in Christmas wreaths, which were probably very difficult for the production designers to come by in June, uh, which I, I enjoy. Might be easier. I mean, they're evergreens, right? So you can always kill them. <laughs> I guess they can hand make them. I don't know. Yeah. Where would you go to... F- okay, so if it was June, where would you go to find a wreath? A uh, Christmas tree for uh, Australia. Oh. <laughs> I don't think they were real. And also, okay. uh, you, could, you could go to a, like any props place, right? Like uh, probably a prop TV place. and movies still have to film. That's um, true. In the mm. off season, so they have things like that year round. Also, yeah. probably, I, how do you think I they make Netflix? Really, Christmas? not a problem. <laughs> also, probably uh, uh, the internet. Yeah. They could probably yeah, two day ship. Most, you order Amazon, you can get most things there if you want. Yeah, it. yeah. Amazon's got all the Christmas things all year round. Um, so, so that kind of dirty. 
<laughs> what? You said the way you said it was a little dirty. I, I thought I, that's projecting for sure. Uh, <laughs> well, all right. It felt not dirty coming out, but apparently it felt dirty coming in, though. See that one too. Okay. All right, now I'm hearing it. Okay, um, <laughs> Tobias, you blow hard. So each of the chefs has two minutes to fill a pre-wrapped gift box with ingredients, and yet not one of them realizes they're about to do a white elephant gift exchange. Megan, how long did it take you to figure out they're going to do a white elephant gift exchange? It took me the whole preview. <laughs> Where they That's said true. they were doing a white. We did know in advance, exchange. but it still should have been obvious to them, right? Um, well, so my strategy for it would have been fine for this, actually, as well. Oh yeah, uh, what's I your was box thinking, strategy? I want, well, I was thinking, I just, you know what? I'm going to corner the market on oil because I'll have a bad dish to make, but no one else will be able to cook with oil, also. And then I figured, like, my <laughs> cup of oil would be better than their their non-oily things. But it would have been that would have been fine too, because then know? you would have had a non-oily. <laughs> Yeah, because it's a bad strategy, but then someone else would have had to make it work. Yeah, well, well Pizza Iowa tried to corner the market on flour, and that didn't <laughs> go great. I love that so much. Sarah and I laughed so hard. Oh, we were crying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Well, the best part is he was like when they just, like, it's the first, not, not even the first. There are several cracks that have been showing in Kevin's fragile handle on this TV show that he's on. But, um, uh, when they did the interview and he was like, I just kept grabbing more flour. I have no idea why. Yeah. Does he not have object permanence? He's like, all right, I need flour. What else do I need? Oh, man, I need flour. Well, he has a, a restaurant, a, a pizza restaurant, a right? Restaurant, so maybe apparently. he's just like, this is what you need. But he did not grab anything else for baking. There was no eggs. There was no baking. So like he had, it was just six different flours. And but, yet, but somehow kimchi... Yeah, kimchi. <laughs> oh my made it in there. Oh, it's the thing is, it's like the most representative of how I shop. Where it's like, I think we need flour. Yeah, and sure. I just keep on going. Yeah, just down the, uh, I mean, it's it, they did look like they were shopping um, almost like a, a sh- like a that TV show where you shopping spree. Supermarket um, sweep. Yeah, supermarket sweep. They were just like pushing huge amounts of things into boxes and not really thinking about it. It did seem like they were going to keep all this afterwards, and they're trying to get their money's worth. Well, I also like how it seemed at the very beginning, someone broke a glass, uh, like a bottle of oil. And I like imagining like whoever was there first took a bottle of oil and smashed it on the ground. as like an oil slick for everyone else. <laughs> that Smoke sounds like an Ezra strategy. Yes, I'm down. <laughs> Corner the market, the market on, and the floor on, on oil. Non-slip shoes and then throw a bottle of oil down. Um, yeah. What other strategies are there what would you for a two-minute box? Get, I mean, it, listen, it's so easy to, like, couch judge this. And I get very overwhelmed at a normal grocery store with sure. all the time in the world. Sure. But I feel like you got to get, like, a, a salt, pepper, oil, and then, like, get a protein and then get a vegetable. And I think if yeah. you have all those things, you can work with it. Because yeah, it seems like, just, to me, that's the foundation they always look for in my Just grab dishes. a, yeah, grab a basic pantry first and then mm-hmm. figure out what you're going to do later. And then your five my- types of flour. Yeah. <laughs> and then get all the flour later. And then get five types of flour. Six is better, but like, you know. <laughs> yeah, My strategy I, would have been uh, to make, get ingredients for a dessert. Mm. Sure. And uh, then whoever gets it. Yeah, so deal with it. Swap. I'm not saying as a couch judge that I would know how to pick a good box. But what I'm saying is the second there were boxes, having seen the show a few times, I'd be like, we're not keeping our boxes. I, I like the idea of just assuming anything is going to be a wink a Yankee swap. You know, like just like, the way oh, you man, live your life. I this, yeah, I hope this Yankee swap is going to save me. When you're in the grocery decisions. store in line, you're like, I can't wait to find out whose basket I get to keep. Well, but what, <laughs> how does that change your strategy, though? I mean, you could try to like make it really hard for the other person, but like if you if you're completely dependent on someone else, that's true. I guess have, I guess really my matter. strategy then, knowing that, would be to just chill. It does not matter. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to yeah. get to keep these. Um, Because there was just so much panic for like, I like, yeah, obviously this is not going to matter. Well, I Um, think what I, uh, I, what I liked the most was like Nini's box where she like said, I'm going to cook something that only I can cook. And so that's both like great for if you aren't trading the box. And then it led to 
Eddie having no... It was Eddie who got his, right? Yeah. His, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't know what to do with all these spices. I don't know how to season <laughs> things. I just make lamb with salt. Yeah, oh. he made just like a pile of food because he didn't get the spices, at least in the edit is what it looked it was, like. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he was, it was uh, carrots in a pile of warm spice. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very strange panic to... Uh, decision that he made so that's yeah i guess that's the strongest strategy is if you're doing two minutes and you have everyone has a box get stuff that you're good at that you think other people aren't Mm -hmm. because then best case scenario you make a good dish worst case scenario someone else gets your bad ingredients Mm -hmm. i like that um i also like this term couch judge i'm gonna think more about couch judging everybody (laughs) i know that's not you didn't mean it as a good thing but that's how i'm taking it it's a fun activity do an an extra like a term thing uh, I did not know where the term uh, white elephant came from specifically. Oh, did but, you, but you Googled it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I binged that right up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, even even though Bing is evil, you're still doing it. Okay. There, Google's pretty evil also. If you care about evil, go to DuckDuckGo. I think I think Google is not evil. That's their whole thing. Nah, that's what they said. And so that's, Bing's whole thing is that they are evil. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> did you, somebody tweeted this at you. Uh, I don't know. If, I, I wasn't sure if you saw it. There, no, tweeting is a great way to make sure I never see whatever you have to say. <laughs> okay, good. Anyway, somebody sent you a story and tagged us, uh, the podcast, uh, about Bing, uh, you stealing uh, your private messages from Facebook. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's all bad. Everything's bad. We shouldn't be on the internet. What was your point about white elephants? Okay, so uh, according to Wikipedia, mm-hmm. uh, white elephants, uh, like the, the phrase is uh, come, <laughs> said to come from the historic practice of the King of Siam, now Thailand, giving a rare albino... <laughs> elephant to courtiers who had displeased him so they might be ruined by the animal's upkeep costs which Ooh, i love that as that a way that is so great <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good shade like wow <laughs> like passive aggressive so well, it's a very expensive gift it's like i'm gonna ruin you with the taxes uh here's a new car that's such a yeah. fascinating way to go about it yeah, and uh, and um, one one theory suggests that my namesake Ezra Cornell uh, brought uh, the the term into the popular lexicon through his frequent social gatherings as early as 1828. Wow! So, Wait, yeah. there's so much to unpack there. Uh, that's your namesake? Yeah, so my mom went to uh, went to Cornell and uh, mm-hmm. found her as Ezra Cornell, and that's yeah. how she heard about the name. Nice. Yeah. Um, I want to know everybody's opinion of white elephant gift exchanges as a general rule. Uh, in this household, we find them to be generally pretty stressful, I believe. Well, it, I think you need everyone to be on the same page. Exactly. Is my philosophy is like you need an establishment of what type of white elephant it is. If everyone mm-hmm. brings the same type of things, then I think they're awesome and really fun. And if they're done with love, then they're great. If it's like a rude, like fu type of thing then they feel really bad and mean <laughs> yeah so that's somebody on the show referred to them as mean-spirited gift exchange and that does not seem as much fun but also it seems like sometimes they are like kind of gag gifts and sometimes it's just actually good gifts where you're stealing them from people it, the um, world has not agreed on what this is necessarily well i think so, i think what happens is there's always a mix and so that keeps it interesting but i don't know that everyone's excited about there being a mix so i I think there's definitely different like groups of um you just have to have rules exactly yeah be clear up front yeah and and you have to establish the norms you have to know the group's norms totally yeah classic you were just at one what were the rules yeah well we do one every year with a group of friends and the rules are under ten dollars something useful Mm. and it's great it's super fun and there's like 25 people and so it lasts for a good amount of time and there's lots of stealing yeah Um, it lasts all week it is a long they're always a little long this this last one actually went fairly quickly last year it went a little too long and then i was tired and had too much wine and was ready to like fall over but this year was great so yeah i kind of agree it just kind of depends but for the most part i think they're super fun there's a um a great blog post that i will link to that um uh, for this newspaper that I used to write for, publishes every year the the Portland Mercury th- uh, does a white elephant gift exchange at work, and they have an article of their rules um, that the boss has created, and it keeps it from being too long because there's strict time limits on everything. So the rules are like, you have 10 seconds to pick a gift. If you spend longer than 10 seconds, I get the present. You have 20 <laughs> seconds to steal. If you spend longer than 20 seconds, I get the present. That's uh, so funny. It's really fun. And also, if you steal from somebody, they are they can ask to be challenged to a physical challenge instead of giving up the present which is <laughs> either arm wrestling fight. or uh uh staring contests usually 
um, wow. a, a, some sort of test of physical dom- or emotional dominance. Anyway, it's a great list. So if you're having trouble putting together your white elephants, uh, this is a great list of rules I mean, for you. The addition of a physical challenge is a game changer for white elephants for me. <laughs> <laughs> I like, Your well, specifically he lot. says physical or emotional dominance. And I'm assuming... <laughs> That the staring contest is a little of both. I'm not sure what else emotional dominance looks like. I mean, maybe like a Yo Mama jokes competition in the Wilmer, Wilmer Valderrama-esque sense. Uh, just like, like a burn off. Yeah, sure. I'm into that. Uh, what about like emotional honesty where it's like, who can cry first? No, <laughs> I would win. <laughs> yeah, because it's okay to cry when you're feeling things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or to win stuff. Um, other fun white elephant thing. This is uh, a little bit personal, but since Ezra and I, we don't talk outside of the podcast. I wanted to tell you this: as um, mm. uh, uh, we, Ezra and I, I wrote a novel last uh, two years ago, as some of you know, and uh, we just had somebody who was doing a white elephant gift exchange who asked for our a, co- a signed copy of the book, uh, and she put it with some mummy stuff because it's a mummy related book, and she won oh, best gift. Ooh. Oh, uh, that's so cute! Or like most that's original adorable. gift, I think, for that. So it was the she she had like she wrapped it up in ace bandages and had some pickling <laughs> spices and stuff. Anyway, it was, really was cute. this the the English version or the Polish version? <laughs> this is the English version, not the Polish translation. That has, oh. uh, as far as I could tell, not taken Poland by storm. Anyway, um, <laughs> the point is, everyone had these weird boxes in the bottom. Uh, Kelsey's asparagus near ham. <laughs> um, <laughs> asparagus at Christmas time. It's the summer. bacon adjacent ham or bacon adjacent asparagus. Yeah, I feel like that was. I feel like that was a trick question because asparagus in June is yes. totally fine. Yes, and yeah, come on. Well, it was so weird for them shot. to be upset about the seasonality of of a fake season. It, yeah, yeah, because like there probably isn't a lot of squash in the Whole Foods right now. Um, right. Yeah, if they had, yeah, like a, if they had like a pie challenge, a pumpkin pie challenge, that would have been really tricky. Yeah, yeah. Um, although this is also very, there's a really bizarre edit with Padma where um, Kelsey is like, this is it's like kind of a play on bacon wrapped asparagus, and Padma it cuts to her just very abruptly saying, "My present is not wrapped in bacon," and then it's gone, <laughs> and I have no idea what context would have made that make sense, but Padma was very upset about there not being a wrapped present out of bacon. Uh, well, I thought yeah. she said my asparagus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is like she this asparagus. This definitely present. said yeah. present. I think she did say really? present. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I interpret it. Asparagus that makes way. way more sense. I mean, yeah. that's what she was talking about, right? Because that's one of the things that they um, maybe noted. Kelsey said when she presented it. It's like a little present. It's like a present. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I think happened, and they just cut that middle line. That was my theory. Also, yeah. in the bottom, Eddie's carrots with spice, uh, and uh, <laughs> Justin's meatloaf with why kimchi. And uh, that sounded good to me. I mean, need just, more flour. Yeah, yeah, need more flour to bind it. It was a very loose meatloaf, I guess. <laughs> also joining uh, them in notable dishes in the top was Nini's cranberry chutney obsession, Sarah's chicken liver, whatever, and David's uh, leek carbonara. Which, in the first of two excellent dad jokes of the day, Richard Blaze refers to, referred to as an impasta. Uh, I did not that was catch way that. Right. Uh, if we're if we're like, I guess this is a head scratcher. Uh, um, Padma lines. Uh, mm-hmm. She was like, Padma was like, I could totally see this at Passover, uh, which and, I guess maybe could have just happened as opposed to paying when they shot it, but makes no sense. Well, yeah, yeah, for, for, yeah. For, just for, for, I, I sighed a little bit. I love Padma, but I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not the right. That's not the right holiday you're supposed to fake right now. We, we definitely don't eat fried chicken for Passover. That would be very wrong. Well, this was fried. Well, this was the. Oh, was that was that for the the chicken liver, not the not the yeah, carbonara? So it, it, was, it was a chicken liver. Oh. It was like the. It was. I don't. Uh, I Kentucky don't know. Sarah's, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know what Sarah said when she presented it. I don't recall. I thought she just said she remembered eating chicken livers, and so this was like her Jewish take on the holidays. Um, but yeah, like basically you can have a lot of oily stuff around Hanukkah. Totally good. Yes. Uh, you cannot have a lot of flour based things around Passover. Not super good. Um, so it wouldn't have made a lot of sense. That's um, all. that, so that might've been one of the weird breakdowns of the time illusion. Joan on, uh, on Facebook, I believe. Yeah. On Facebook. All, uh, no. Anyway, it doesn't matter. On Facebook, um, pointed out that, uh, at one point blaze, and Tom are just talking, and Tom has to remind Blaze that it's December. And I don't <laughs> remember that. I, I want to go back and watch for it because that's my favorite thing in the world. But um, 
I was kind of looking for that, and I didn't think I caught anyone messing that up. So yeah. I'm curious. Well, he he mentioned that he does the Feast of the Seven Fishes on Christmas Eve, and Blazed asked if he catches his own fish. And oh, Tom was like, not in December. A... Oh, that could be yeah. it. No, that could definitely that. have done it. That I, That's an okay slip. That's a Because also, you would not fish in December, it's called. Um, ice fishing? Yeah, oh, you do ice oh, fishing. you do ice fishing. Yeah. You could yeah. also... I Fair mean, point. couldn't you fish in the summer and freeze the fish? I mean, maybe that's not oh, ideal. Oh, yeah, you could still catch you could your own that. fish you just before. Yeah, yeah, sure. Totally. These are all possible. Or, or smoke it and preserve it. There's lots of ways to do fishes. I, I mean, that's, I think, like, those, a lot of... Yeah. yeah. Somehow those fish are getting there in December, right? Yeah. yeah. Someone's <laughs> fishing for them. Right. Someone's doing it. Probably not Santa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that brings us to our elimination challenge. Speaking of uh, the feasts... Uh, well, first, Tom and Graham, I either cooked for them or pretended to have cooked for them. Yeah, did they Postmates, like, a nice meal and just put it on plates? It was weird, because they were like, hey, we cooked for you, but the kitchen is already clean, everything's all set, they don't look tired. I don't know, it was just a slightly strange thing, the way they walked into the, the meal. It's, yeah, because we've seen them cook for Yeah, normally the you see them with like, aprons and stuff. Yeah, if they were going to have them cook an actual meal, I feel Top Chef, like, likes to show that. And I like to watch that. I want to see Tom yeah. and Graham cook for everybody. Um, they, uh, but they, so, and they tell the chef specifically, you can relax, which for some reason, everybody believes. That's so funny. Why did they get fooled every time? I mean, it Why was they... really late. It was I, late, I but last, assume. like, last challenge. Yesterday, they were like, have a fun feast. Surprise, you're cooking this feast. Like, every <laughs> day. He yeah. did do it twice in a row. I forgot. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> and, and like, and Chef Jim was like, "If they give you alcohol, something bad's going to happen next." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, look so- at these nice wines in Eric Repair. <laughs> Maybe Eric Repair is just here to be friendly. Um, <laughs> Never. He's the worst. He has the most, the evilest challenge of all. I, uh, I was, I don't know. I like Eric Repair. He's fine. Um, but they lost their minds, and I feel like he's on the show a lot right yes. yeah but they're not on the show at the same time as him well that's true yeah, no, I think, in person. I you know what i watch everyone on, i watch all of these famous chefs on different television shows a lot but i would still be very excited to be near near one. Oh I yeah i guess i just it's just when they were like it's gonna be a surprise guest at dinner i was hoping it was emerald it's just yeah oh, i thought it was gonna be emerald too it's been so long since it's been emerald i miss him bam um, well, I don't know. I liked hearing Eric Repair talk about various desserts and his gentle voice. It was fun. It was great to have him here. And he was there because they were doing a traditional French uh, Christmas Eve feast, um, which includes, unbeknownst to the chefs in some uh, regions, uh, 13 desserts to represent the 13 apostles. Was, uh, there's only 12 apostles. Oh. So one of them is Jesus. Oh, oh sure, sure. Wait, wait, wait. What Good. about in the movie Dogma? Uh, Chris Rock was the 13th apostle. Sure, sure. So d- d- depending on the translation, either there's like the King James version. Um, or the Kevin Smith version. The Kevin, or the Smith, Kevin Smith version, yeah. yeah. <laughs> One of the Gnostic Gospels, I believe, the Book of Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> the Book of Kevin Smith. And uh, they, anyway, so 13 desserts to represent the 12 apostles and Jesus. Uh, Jesus, of course, being a pie. Sure. What? I don't know. Um, it oh, just, I thought I thought there was I thought there was like something to the the joke. I didn't no. know. If it was random. <laughs> no, I I looked at Megan and shrugged, which is not good radio. I don't know. I just feel like I feel. Here's what I think. I think thirteen desserts to represent all of the apostles is just an excuse to like dessert. Uh, Jesus would be fine if you had ten desserts. He would not be offended, but you want a lot, so that's why you're making thirteen. Jesus would probably want you to like start with one dessert and then magically make it enough to feed everyone. Well, that's what right? he would do, but he that's doesn't expect his deal. That of us. Let him have his deal. Yeah. <laughs> he he expects us to bring our own wine. I think uh, it's very different. Um, yeah, it's like a nice gesture, you know. Like he can make more, but it's like cool if you thought about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just not like... assume that he's gonna provide it all. Like yeah, you yeah. come in, do a half step, and he's gonna make more wine. Mm-hmm. Can, can I? Can I bring water? Is that enough? Yeah, as my host gift, I've <laughs> yeah. brought you some water. You do the rest, Jesus. You walk on it. Change into other stuff. I don't care. It's up to you. <laughs> Well, uh, they had the chefs had uh, the wonderful gift of being able to make a dessert each in two hours um, to represent these uh, this French feast um, in their own house, which was kind of nice, except that the next morning it was so dirty. 
Oh, yeah. They didn't help them with cleaning at all. And it seemed like they didn't let them stay downstairs to, like, start on it because they had to have the judges talking, like, right next door. Well, it's, like, Christmas-themed, where on Christmas Eve, the kids have to stay upstairs. Oh, that's true. Because they don't want to see Santa come in while the parents are having judges' table about which kid (laughs) deserves toys and which has to be sent home. (laughs) One of the kids is going back to foster care, so we're going to have to talk about it. It was... It's. It is. I thought they were loud. Did you not feel like they were loud? That they were too loud when the, they were talking. The judges were just oh, discussing yeah. in the people's house how awful everything was, and I just. <sighs> I was like, keep your voices down, guys. I They're was right here. really curious about the practicality of it because they made it look like they were still in the kitchen, and they undoubtedly weren't. I, I'm yeah. sure they just hustled them right upstairs and kept the camera crews up there until like. Yeah. Because they had those those shots of them like trying to go to bed or whatever, but I bet they just kept all their producers up there to be like. Hey, we just gotta keep you for like no, no, no. twenty minutes or something. And I bet they just had a really abbreviated talk just so they could like get a couple of sound bites. And That's like, true, and maybe all they of the said chefs, they were talking. All it the was chefs were like, nah, When it was two thirty, when they uh, like said like, "All right, we're going to have judges' table now and tell you in the morning." And then they it was like three fifteen when they were done discussing. Oh, mm-hmm. damn! But maybe Ooh. there was there was some, probably like a bathroom break. They probably had like still a, a late break night. to like touch up makeup. But this, so, Megan, did you say from your research this is part of the French tradition is that you eat the 13 desserts in the middle of the night? Oh, well, yeah, the feast is happening in the middle of the night um, because it's the... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scared to say it, but... Do uh, it. Did you, did you not hear everybody else's French accents earlier? <laughs> they uh, were the good. Préveillant de Noël, uh, which is uh. like the, the waking of Christmas. So, you, so it's like a midnight feast yeah um and uh yeah and it's in provence that they have the 13 dessert tradition see oh my god you did such a nice job compared to everybody else's very offensive french stereotype accent earlier uh, check back in six months i'll be french by then <laughs> yeah you will um so they uh they make these very late night desserts i i also do you guys remember i'm trying to remember a full dessert challenge this is not a common thing where everyone has to make a des- so sometimes happy. they have to make dessert in addition to a thing, but not everyone cooks dessert. That was I, so I was divided because like on the one hand, I was mad that none of them had, well, some of them did, that a couple people explicitly said people told me to come on Top Chef with a dessert and I didn't learn one. Come on. That seems like that, bad that, that planning was a, to me. Was that Sloppy Brian? Yeah. But then no, like, just, or, I don't oh, know like, any it of their is names. Brian. I just said, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, sloppy, he yeah, made a whole thing, and I yeah. didn't look at it. Um, but then, on the <laughs> other hand, I really like watching people make desserts. It's like my favorite thing. It's so, so lovely. It was a really ugh, yeah so conflicted. Uh, I well, I mostly feel bad because everybody but one person did kind of bad. Uh, it was well, a, two people, two people, two people. But even her, they had negative feedback for like. It was the most I've heard them do give negative feedback to a person who was in the top three during their judges table. They they said uh, Are they you were talking s- about Kelsey's. Yeah, it was Kelsey's uh, Kelsey Barnyards where they were like, "What negative feedback did they get?" Uh, I was trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what it was now. I think it was like, I think Padma's feedback on that was just like, "Yeah, it was fine." Oh well, so uh, it was like during the thing where it was like 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 Eric was like was like like this is my favorite. Uh, oh yeah, Padma's super surprised. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just Whoa. they just was just not excited about second place. It was weirdly bad. Hmm. Oh, I didn't get that vibe. I thought I that either. they were legit like excited about Eddie's messy tiram like strawberry tiramisu and like the fact that Eric Repair was just like this chocolate put de creme is immaculate. It was nice. Yeah. yeah. The texture is perfect. So maybe two people did okay and then everyone else fell on their face so hard. Uh, especially bad Kevin makes ricotta t- cake with salt and berries and salt. Brian uh, makes a... And more ricotta. <laughs> a vinegar and blue cheese mousse oh. on biscuits that Arf. even in its best version sounds bad, but was uh, apparently acidic enough to eat through the table. And uh, and then Pablo made a uh, ganache with crappy raspberries. Um, that looked... So that was the one where I looked at it and I was like... I've made that ganache. Like, I've made ganache that looked like that and thought, that looks bad. I'm not going to use this. And I was like, and I'm not a chef. This man is so much more talented than me. Right. So it was just surprising to me. I thought, I guess he ran out of time, so he couldn't redo it. Well, a little insight into our couch judging. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah watched this episode 
with absolute like the beginning she was like enjoying it but once they announced the dessert dessert challenge there was no joy on her face (laughs) it was exclusively uh hawkish judgment pointing out everything that they were doing wrong including like pablo's weird tart that sarah's like what is he doing to that dough well he was just like patting it repeatedly into not even the whole pan and i don't know what the intended thing no. was he said something about rolling it up, but I couldn't picture what it was supposed to be. It felt like we were watching like uh, Extreme Home Makeover, and they were like, "You have to build a motorcycle or something." Like it was just like this yeah. is just they were all panicked. None of them looked comfortable. You have more pastry experience than most of these chefs, and that's weird. How, that is how, weird because I'm not good. How? But how are you a full time <laughs> chef and you've no one's ever asked you to make dessert for anything? I was it shocked at how how panicked everybody was. Well, there's like the weird like uh, a couple. Like, I don't know if it was Brandon or like one or one of the guys said something like, "I wish I hung out more with my pastry chefs now." <laughs> like respect your coworkers. Yeah, totally. <laughs> also, they have free dessert. Go hang out with them. Yeah. You know, I was wondering is so this is the thing that. I I was saying last night after thinking about it a bit is like, but I do think it is a different type of of creativity and skill. I mean, for sure, this is the most uh, thing I'm saying, but like for cooking, right? Like you're used to tasting it and adjusting as you go. And you're used to thinking much more free form about how things come together. And you really can't adjust on the fly with pastry, like hardly Mm. at all. It's I, like they were saying, like, once you over-season something, it's nearly impossible to pull it back. Totally. That's what happened with the salty ricotta. And I think for well, I think baked goods, you can't... Chair. The salty thing. But, like, for yeah. baked goods, you can't adjust it after the fact. If you messed up that dough, you can't do anything on the fly with it, you know? Yeah, that's. I think that's totally a good point. And it's not the most duh thing. Um, I think that's, that is worth it's, saying. I just also feel like, have you never been invited to a potluck where your last name fell in the dessert category? Like... How have you lived a life and you don't you don't like you can't even make one tasty thing? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's just there's like there's a lot of like A through K's there, you know. It's all A through K names. Well, and even if you haven't, like, regardless of your real life, you know you're going on Top Chef. You've even been told no one dessert, and they didn't do it. I mean, it's just like, man, try a pressure cooker. Cooker. Here's the thing: if if I could, I guess, maybe come to their defense, you're asking like you know people who have just been like drunk on wine and also the presence of Eric's repair at midnight to yes. start cooking. Yeah. That's the other thing is like, I feel like I'm being very, very hard on them because like there's no chance in hell you could do anything successful in that state of mind. I don't want to seem like I'm hard on them because I'm mean. I'm just disappointed. My favorite thing in the world is when everyone does well. That's my favorite Top Chef mm-hmm. episode. And then a show where everybody falls and is it's just like, it's just such a bummer, and I guess I'm more mad at them than the elves, but you're right. It was definitely a hard, hard thing. In the positives, Eddie's shortcake that they didn't really like was in the top three, and then Kelsey's pot de creme with an accidental biscotti was pretty good. And then Nina, That was amazing. Yeah, the saving the, um, the macarons into biscotti. Mm-hmm. I thought she yeah. was making all three, and she just ditched the macarons. Yeah, she just cut, oh, the, she just cut, cut out the macarons. Well, yeah, so that was... Yeah, she had some backups, which is very smart. Um... Uh, and then uh, Nini makes a blackberry and lemon vacaron that is apparently incredible. Also, I've tried to figure out what a vacaron is. I couldn't. Is that what that is? That- it looked really, really good. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was a fully composed dessert. Yeah. Wait, sorry. Uh, it was like vacheron? Vacheron? Okay, sure, whatever. See, I'm not afraid to just sound wrong, Megan. You <laughs> yeah. just gotta, you gotta have more dumb confidence. Have you thought of that? It's a vacarin. Well, and it was. Uh, I read three different uh, recaps where they spelled it all, three different ways, and oh, one of them was definitely copywriters on that website. <laughs> one of them was definitely a cheese that they had typed, which is not what it was, and then one of them was a watch company, which is also not what they made. Anyway, oh no, uh, they made a shinola <laughs> <laughs> with raspberries. Um, anyway, uh, listen, I didn't think a raspberry watch would work, but I love it, and I'm going to wear it home. <laughs> <laughs> also it's 315 right now um it's raspberry watch is haunting two really we gotta we gotta get rapid but there's a couple of more quick things i want to say uh let's oh first of all a uh, great quote from justin when eric repair shows up that was i can't tell if i'm shaking or if i'm gonna crap my pants it's a scene straight out of a christmas carol which is not how i remember that story you don't know how scrooge is feeling <laughs> 
<laughs> oh yeah, you didn't read the part where like the ghost of Christmas past shows up and Scrooge just shits. <laughs> <laughs> He's an old man. <laughs> or how the ghost of Christmas present like introduces Scrooge to a whole feast, and he's like, "You must eat until you purge, then you vomit and crap yourself, then eat more." <laughs> This is a dark. I've only seen the Muppets version. Maybe it's not as dark. Yeah, they made it more family friendly. Look, if you if you think that Michael Caine didn't commit to pooping himself, you are <laughs> sorely mistaken. Uh, I also really liked uh, when uh, uh, who was it? Uh, who has immunity? Uh, David had immunity and was yes. asking for, for a can opener, and someone yelled, "Open it with your teeth!" Immunity. Yeah, that was pretty that good. That was very good. I think that was um, Not Today Satan, right? Yeah, that was, that was Justin Not Today Satan. He's very funny. He's so I funny. I very much enjoying him because they presented the Not Today Satan as if it was some big dramatic thing within and it's, the episode. No, and they it showed was, it in context totally. and it's he's... It's just something he says to himself. It was just him like it's letting off some steam when he dropped all that corn and then moving on with his life. I yeah. think he's fantastic. Oh, it's so funny. Um, I like him a lot. Um, also, if this really was like, it's so funny that they pretended it was Christmas Eve because if it had been and they made them do judges table at 10 a.m. on Christmas, that would be real <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but so it's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and then so in the end, Kevin goes home for his just nightmarish salt dessert. And uh, I can't remember who it was, but somebody yelled as he was leaving. We'll water your garden, which was oh, really sweet. Oh, wow. That there the 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 handshake uh, that, oh, Tom that Tom Ethered gave, him. where like when he was saying it was like it was like, it was like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just the dessert was too salty it was so it was it was so salty it was inedible that was like his like that was his, his goodbye his, yeah because normally he's like we were so I mean thank you so much for cooking a meal yeah like, yeah yeah he shook his hand looked him in the eye and said you cooked something that it was impossible to eat <laughs> so yeah that was gnarly and he said it real fast it was basically inedible anyway get out of here. But we'll see you at Last Chance Kitchen. Oh, that was rough. Uh, before we go to Last Chance Kitchen, oh, that is our new sound that means it's time for mailbag. <laughs> oh, mailbag. <laughs> oh, crying mailbag. <laughs> All right, we'll do it anyway. Yeah, Ma- Megan, it's time for mailbag. Uh, you can send... Uh, all of your comments, your feedback, your questions, mailbag at packyourmics.com and also on Facebook and Twitter. Megan, what's in your bag? Uh, lots of great stuff. <laughs> uh, we have a message from Marcy. Uh, oh, yes. Marcy says, thanks for the recommendation to watch Lords and Ladles. I've watched the first <gasps> episode and really liked it. Oh, good. Everyone watch Lords and Ladles and tweet at me about dairy. We also watched the first episode and it is so weird. <laughs> I love it. I mean, the long could, walk down the long hall. They say they're, like half of the things they say were too Irish for me to understand them, which I did not know was possible. But they say so many weird things. Also, man, there's a lot of pig face in that episode. Oh, there's that even weirder stop. stuff. You're gonna get stuff where it's like, yeah, we're gonna cook bird brains. You oh. need the skulls of a dozen pigeons. Oh. I, it's it's truly grotesque stuff. I did but, like at least that the chef who had to skin a rabbit was also grossed out. Anyway. Yeah, usually they don't go that gnarly. Usually you're getting like the, the butchered meats that they're making weird jellies out of. But oh, I just, gross. I mean, I just love it. I don't want to eat any of that food ever. But like, I love the process of like food history and uncovering these things. And I think it's very cool, even though it's very clearly a travel log for these rich people's homes you can go like rent out for the weekend or whatever yeah totally there's also fun about it. it's like chefs just came in their house and cooked them this huge feast and it's like they're like there's only like four of us we don't i mean well they have people over usually they, but on the first like. episode they were just like we're really full we've eaten a couple of the like a little bits of it and then there's just like enough food for another hundred people <laughs> anyway yeah totally weird delightful show i had a good time marcy goes on to say uh it reminds me of a great bbc show of from a few years ago called The Supersizers Go. I can only find it on YouTube right now, but it's sometimes available on Prime Video. The two hosts, one is Sue Perkins from the Great British Baking Sue. Show. Oh, hello. Uh, spend a week Sue. living like they would uh, would have in a different historical era. Oh. They have a cook that prepares period-appropriate dishes, and at the end of the week, a doctor checks them to see how the bonkers diet have, has affected their health. Oh, no, that's dark. <laughs> 
Oh, how that's... can they tell after one week? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, is it like blood pressure and like do they do like a blood sample to see how your levels are or whatever? <laughs> is that what blood does? Yes, yeah. that's exactly right. I'm not sure, but um, but Marcy says apparently spending a week consuming only wild game and beer isn't great for your liver. <laughs> All right, what what was the name of this show? It's uh, the Supersizers Go. The Supersizers Go from That's the a BBC. Weird name. Like the Morgan Spurlock supersize me type mm-hmm. thing. I, yeah, I guess it's sort of like that. Yeah, I was gonna say like the Supersize Me title of that is like Pasteurize Me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think so. I think the Supersizers is a na- is the name of the comedy duo. Oh. Because there's also a show called The Supersizers Eat. Um, Okay, okay. That makes sense. Is that Sue and Mel? Yeah, no, it's it's not Sue and Mel. It's Sue and a restaurant critic named uh, Giles. And I don't know if they're a comedy group. It's just like they call themselves The Supersizers. And Uh, then they do, yeah, uh, The Supersizers Go and The Supersizers Eat. Anyway. Well, coincidental overlap with Morgan Spurlock. Yeah, well, no. so the first episode is called Edwardian Supersize Me. So maybe that's what... Anyway, yeah, that, it's not a coincidence. But man, I enjoy Sue so much. I think that sounds like fun. We have another uh, show recommendation as well. This one's specifically for Ezra and Sarah. More and from the... What else is on? <laughs> it's from at Flyaway Run on Twitter. Uh, there is a French version of the Great British Bake Off called Le Meilleur Patissier. Oh. So the best pastry chef. So that that sounds really good. Thank you. That, that is is right up point. in your alley, you guys. Um, for those of you at home who are wondering how committed they are to this French thing, I, like the day after he announced that, I got an email from Ezra where it was clear from the other stuff in the email that his he's already said his email program to French. So yeah, but yep. my phone is all in French. I feel like it'll that'll 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 teach me. <laughs> I, in one way or another. When my sister's working on Spanish, she did she said her ATM preference to Spanish, which I feel like is a real high stakes gamble. Oh wow. <laughs> I mean numbers are the same either way. That's you know true, that, right? but like give or take are kind of important. Your enemy's account. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why do they have the enemy button? Why is for enemy? Uh what else is in there, Megan? Um well, we want to say thank you to Lauren. Yeah. Lauren sent Lauren. us a donation. Yeah. And says, so glad thanks, you're back Lauren. this season. Thank yeah. you. I didn't know that was a thing <laughs> people could do. I know. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, of course you could do. We don't make a, you know, I don't, I don't like to make a show too much about uh, begging for money, but, uh, you know, I threw a little page on there on the, on the new website, which is very shiny and I like it. Um, and we, yeah, we really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's already gone to good use. We got two new headphone splitters already with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, thanks, Lauren. Among other things. So, yeah, we really appreciate it, Lauren. And if anybody else wants to, it's on the website, packermikes.com. I mean, I'm learning stuff now. I didn't know we had a website. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were on our third website out of six seasons. Every two seasons, I make a new website. And this, this year, though, Alex, it looks nice. My first thought was, wait, why don't you have the, the, the third episode up? I was like, oh, right, we're making that now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry it's so slow, Ezra. We have to yeah, finish talking before I upload it. We already talked for like an hour, so like get, 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 get that on there. Do two stages. I really enjoy, I, I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, I'm, I'm still updating all the old episodes, but it's, it's nice that you can, uh, it's going to be able to be sorted by season. So if you're like going back and doing a listen through through, through any of the six seasons we've been on, you can, it'll be much easier to find those than it used to be. Um, it looks really nice. We're looking at it now. And it also made me recall how I think the very first time the website went up, it was the URL was accidentally pack your mix, M-I-C-K-S, and that was funny. <laughs> I, I believe that I bought that, and I also bought Mike's, M-I-K-E-S, in case people oh, thought smart. we were taking a bunch of men named Mike and all of them, pack them up. <laughs> we were loading them in a suitcase for the podcast. Um, oh, a su- I was thinking like a nice van. Yeah, sure. In a van. What would your mic like? Mike's love a van. A mics. <laughs> Honestly, if we're talking about like the plural, like I feel multiple mics should be a van. A van. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, yeah, it's, a, it's it's like it's a van of mics. A pod yeah. of whales yeah. and a van of mics. Like a flock of seagulls. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like that. Oh, my. Sorry. Sorry. It's the mailbag noise. <laughs> Uh, man, people have been split on this mailbag noise, but I'm sure the new crying baby sound will not be popular. <laughs> Protesting baby. This is Pro- a yes. very opinionated... Yeah, yeah, you'll know when she's crying. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Protesting baby uh, mailbag sound. Not that the, your baby's a problem, just that it's not a good mailbag sound. Anyway, sorry, Megan. <laughs> it's, it's really indefinite. Anyway, great. Keep going. 
Uh, Carly is from Minneapolis and says, I'm also, I'm really excited that a fellow Minneapolis citizen is included on the season. Minneapolis, St. Paul have really great restaurants and food scenes. And I think we suffer from not having a super distinct culinary style like the southern states or coastal states might. Yeah. I do wonder about places that don't feel like they have a super distinct culinary style. I feel because like Portland seems like all they want to do is make southern food right now, which is great, but it's just a weird identity thing. Um, so I empathize with that. I'm sure you have some interesting lake food, though. Well, I'm wondering, because it, it's surely distinct from Chicago, where we spent time, but I do feel like Chicago has a very distinct like food culture, and I think the Midwest does. It's just overlooked because I feel like it's a ton about seasonality and like really good meat. Yeah. Oh, guys, what if there's like lake effect food, where it's like your mashed potatoes <laughs> are like four times as much, and like your whipped cream is like four times as much? And like just everything, just everything white just explodes on the plate. Well, yeah. I wish the lake effect made things bigger, but it just makes you so, so, so cold. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Did you think that living close to the Great Lakes made you larger? No, no, no not you specifically, but like I think right, lake effect snow isn't that a thing where it's like you just get a lot more of it than you yes. expect? Yes, because it's moisture? colder. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> just not not everything, people, objects, animals. everything, yeah. Every, in fact, everything. It's that classic saying: everything's bigger in Chicago. Uh, actually correct <laughs> yeah the sausages yeah. the hamburgers oh. the malorts yep the parades when the Blackhawks win man I don't get that but I enjoy it wow our Midwest listeners will think that's very funny I'm sure they do I I think what you should do, Ezra, is this is my joke, is that you should have all beverages in Chicago style be poured backwards. You pour it from a what? cup into a pitcher. Because they reversed the river. That's my one okay. Chicago fact. That, that's, a, that's, that's a great... That is a great joke. Thank you for prefacing it that it was a joke. It was for I you. It. I wanted to show you that I was doing the same construction as you, but lazier. <laughs> uh, uh, we could do... All right. We have one, we have one more mailbag? Uh, yeah. Well, we have a couple more. Okay. Um, at Katie Lucy on Twitter oh, yeah. says, I'm coming around on Brandon. I think he is yeah. genuine with his feedback and not just a dick. Plus, oh, his yeah. family owns a chocolate factory, which is sick. <laughs> oh, with a crazy name. What was the name of it? It was like Frazzle McDazzle's Magic Chocolate or something. <laughs> and that really factory. did. Oh, the, yeah. The, it did wait. make me like him more this episode, though. I think they tried to soften him a lot because they had the hair straightening thing. Mm-hmm. Is is he a descendant of Charlie Bucket? He looked way yeah. Charlie Bucket in those <laughs> pictures. Because like, mm-hmm. that, that's the only person I know who owns a chocolate factory. Sure. Yeah. And also, it has a psychotic name. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I I feel... Inter- oh, I, I don't... I feel like everyone... Just just hold tight on Brent. Don't don't give up hating him yet. I don't want you to all soften too quickly on him. I feel like there's still a problem, but I it was interesting that he was the one who warned uh, Kevin Kevin uh, Peace Iowa that his uh, food was way too salty. And there is sort of an advantage to being a person who doesn't really know how you come across and being okay with people not liking you that you can mm-hmm. also be honest to somebody. There's like he had a bit of that like broical kind of moment. Where he could be like, I'm going to give you the truth because I am not concerned with how people think of me. And so, yeah. hey, your food's too salty. But he was super nice about it. And I like that. So it's I feel weird about it. I'm holding him at arm's length because yes. I think he, he, contains, he, he contains the capacity for genuine good. But I see evil behind his eyes. But isn't that like all of us, really? We contain the capacity for good and evil. And it depends on how salty our ricotta is that day. It's like Bing, right? <laughs> Uh, I... He's exactly like Bing. He's Chef Bing because he's from Silicon Valley. Oh, he okay. is. That's actually, yeah. Chef right. Bing? Mm. He can... definitely has the most nicknames. I could definitely <laughs> add Chef. Yeah, Charlie Bucket is already on the list. I'm going to add Chef Bing here. Uh, for those of you uh, who are not on the show, we do have a we have a new document, uh, a cheat sheet of the chefs that has a space for nicknames. And during the show, it has been filled out very quick. Should we share this out? Uh, yeah, we could. I can post this, I guess. I don't in like, in like view, view only, only? Yeah, or comment totally. only. Totally, that might be nice. Um, it also might be a little mean. Um, huh. I, I don't so, think any of these are mean. We're not being mean. Well, on so here. I okay. So one one is mean is that I refer to David as Manic Eddie because I did not realize they were two people for these first three episodes. Alex had a really really hard time sad with Eddie. this. I, yeah, I just thought Eddie was sometimes sad and sometimes way too fanboy. But Every they were single all... time one of them would come on the spring 
on the screen, he'd be like, that's Eddie, right? And I'm like, no, that's David. And then he'd be like, just look that's at the eyebrows. David, right? No, that's Eddie. Are the eyebrows triangles? He the, cannot. Eddie. He cannot tell them apart. <laughs> I really can't. Although even looking at them in their photos right now, like I'm not like they, look they are. Different. I'm not crazy. They are similar. No, no, they're not. Yes, they're yes. very different they're men. That, they're not that similar. They are both. They both have very short trimmed beards. They have the same color hair. No, David has people. a fuller beard. But Eddie, yeah. Eddie has like stubble. A, a stubble as because he hasn't been shaving. My my Look, theory on Eddie I'm gonna give it is to me. he is an insomniac oh. and like losing his mind because he talked in this episode about how he didn't sleep at all the night before uh, because he was worried about the like how he'd be judged and he looked exactly the same as he's looked in every other interview so like i think just like no sleep worried about his fate in the world is his natural state yeah, that's fair that's fair i think he's uh he, he's successfully not gotten the villain edit because he literally stared at the camera and said i am not a villain that's all it takes and i think that it's hard to make, give you a villain edit of that um, um yeah you can edit it out well that's true, <laughs> that's true. I, guess they I um <laughs> snippet the villain is how they would do that on <laughs> the bachelor i'm not here to make villains <laughs> well i'm here to make lamb all the lamb <laughs> give me the lamb uh one of my nicknames for him is racks on racks on racks of lamb yeah. that's pretty fun. good <laughs> well um i'd like to end our mailbag segment uh, with a suggestion from J number one. Oh yes. Uh, since the chef testants had to present, pretend that it was December in this episode. Uh, J number one says, "I think the podcasters should pretend it's midsummer for this podcast and share their Fourth of July plans and recipes." <laughs> so, what are you guys up to tomorrow for the Fourth of July, huh? Oh my gosh! Well, my birthday is only a couple days away. Oh, that's so very exciting! I'm really excited for mm-hmm. my birthday. Yeah, we don't want to go overboard because we do have big birthday plans. But mm-hmm. for the fourth, <laughs> uh, basically, we're we're gonna go uh, pool hopping. Uh, oh yeah, we're gonna go. We're it's kind of gonna be like a party crawl, and all of them have pools at their apartment complexes. So mm-hmm. that's it's pretty. Just be like, sounds really fun. Making our way along. Making yeah. LA, a- baby. And you know, if it were December, we would only be maybe 20 degrees different in temperature <laughs> at night. <laughs> That's so. true. Uh, <laughs> Megan and I do our, our only hike of the year on the 4th of July. It's our big hike. We go to this mountain where we can see down on the city and watch all the fireworks from above. And uh, my favorite part is that calories don't count when you're on top of a mountain. Yeah. So we have a very special tradition, um, which is where we exchange presents wrapped in bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Next to bacon or wrapped? Why is my bake my present not wrapped in bacon, Megan? Uh, yeah, that's very fun. What are you guys doing for the Fourth of July? Well, if it's midsummer, I mean, I'm planning on getting partially turned into a goat and falling in love with a fairy queen. Oh, that, <laughs> I don't think that works out for him. It does. Does it? It totally oh. does. Oh, great. I mean, it gets turned back out of a goat. I think at some point, uh, and then it was all you know. Basically, then someone comes on and says, "Hey, if this was like problematic for you." Don't worry, it was a dream. <laughs> and that's how I like all of my adventures to go. Well, as we're bottom, I hate to tell you this, but this whole podcast, the reason it's not on the website, you totally dreamed it. <laughs> well, at least I got to go to sleep at one point. Yeah, that's you, nice. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're better slept than Eddie. So, um, or... Wait, wait, wait. Sarah Classic, any, any oh, yeah, Sarah 24th Classic? of July? Oh, uh, yes. I am going to pretend that I'm super patriotic for this one day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I I think we all shall. What a great tradition. And thanks for the suggestion, Jay. Thanks everybody who wrote into the mailbag. And we really appreciate it. You can go to packyourmics.com, see the shiny new website. Um, oh, also bonus on all of our places where you can write in the mailbag on Facebook, on Twitter, and on the website. Um, you can also see uh, Jay number one's uh, classic web comic that he's been producing for us on and off over the years called Knife Blocked. Uh, there's a new episode of Knife Blocked, the webcomic, up on the website and on everything else. So um, I'm learning so many things about this show. Um, Knife Block, actually, it's, it, it, so for you guys, it's not on the website yet. I forgot to put it there. We'll be in a second. But for the people at home, it already is. But it's on our on our Facebook and Twitter. But uh, Knife Blocked is... Uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's, 
I don't know if it's like it's actually become kind of a web web series web comic from him. It's mostly just every once in a while Jay sends me a joke in the form of an image, and then he started calling them knife blocked. It was it was a lot of like uh uh like Padma says she doesn't recognize this food item, and then it would be like a picture of Padma, and it's like I can't tell what this food is. Anyway, this week's episode of Knife Blocked was from um was making fun of the spoon to stable, and so he's yes. pitching other restaurants like Spork to Swamp. Uh, uh, spatula to spiderweb and Cuisinart to Kmart. So this is good. Ooh. Anyway, this is very fun. And he's got little Cuisinart images to account next to it. and It's fun. Uh, I love it. Uh, so that's the mailbag. And now let's talk real quick about No Chance Kitchen. And then we will... Oh. Um, so in No Chance Kitchen this week, everybody, it's, it's the... It's the classic Hidden Valley Ranch seasoning packet breakfast episode. I just remembered that's what it was, and that's why I made that sound. <laughs> <laughs> I love when they... I, I would be fine if the whole thing is that every episode of Last Chance Kitchen you had to cook with Hidden Valley Ranch. I enjoy Ugh. that partnership so much. It makes me laugh every time. And... Uh, but... So, I... I don't know if I missed this. Did he present this like, yeah, this is normal? that you would be using in Valley Ranch at <laughs> breakfast. What? He did. And Kyle thought that they, there was some notes in this one, like from the craft people. There was oh, yeah, very yeah. clearly ADR where he was like, oh, yes. that's an interesting use of the Hidden Valley Ranch yeah. and that waffle. Yeah, there was so much ADR about ranch that was clearly for the money where Tom would, yeah, Tom would be like, oh, and the ranch on the bacon adds a nice zesty flavor. Like, I think the R in ADR stands for ranch, so it's, it's right on point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's where you add more ranch in post-production. I just love that they're trying to break into the breakfast market. <laughs> they've Because they've like, nailed what? lunch and dinner. Yeah. And crudite. So now it's what's left. It's breakfast. They're really just pushing those seasoning packets. And I'm like, if I want a ranch-flavored thing, like, yeah, sure. But I don't know if they're that versatile to me because it's like a lot of onion powder for breakfast so i agree with you generally but this episode for the first time in the history of uh hidden valley ranch sponsored episodes made me want to get a packet of seasoning and try it on stuff i don't know i there was something about the way it was like sprinkled on stuff this time i was like that sounds gross i want to try it something about the way tom just kept saying that there was (laughs) a great ranch flavor yeah i do enjoy ranch and it, i mean i'm serious this is the, i really felt marketed to and like successfully i'm gonna buy it next time i see a packet of ranch seasoning i'm gonna get it maybe i'll use some of our sponsorship money on hidden valley ranch our, uh wait so so it took like basically uh how many years have you seen hidden valley ranch to finally buy one that's packet? what brand marketing is man it's not it's not a pay-per-click it's like over time i want to wear you down it's like yeah not a good return on investment for them hidden valley ranch like, well no but this th- i'm not i'm not the only person there's lots of people i guess this is free advertising right now but it's not really positive i i am uh, it's not negative yeah it's just it's just it's just there i think at mo- i mean this is my understanding of advertising is if you hear a word or phrase enough times you'll buy it at some point I'd, so it's kind of it's kind of like the Beetlejuice effect, sure. Where it's not always three times, but it's like somewhere between five hundred and two thousand. <laughs> have, have you heard <laughs> of these packets of Alex Falcone body hair? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just gonna oh. I'm just gonna slip in there every 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 couple of days, and then yeah, we'll see I mean, if anyone, Alex if Falcone body hair is generating a lot of bucks. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're trending on the new website, uh, Alex Man, gross choice, <laughs> really and I'm embarrassed that it's about me. But while you were talking about that, this, was my third choice, Alex. Just so you know, I, I deleted two jokes before that that were worse in my mind. Okay, you're welcome. Yeah, I didn't even know to thank you for that. What I do know though is that while you were talking about that, I've been shopping for a Hidden Valley Original Ranch Salad Dressing Mix, uh, and I am not use gonna, it on your body hair, please. I'm not going to purchase it because it is. Like a dollar and then six dollars shipping, and I will just buy it in a real store. But I'm going to get this with some of our donation money. Um, anyway, uh, so Natalie uh, cooked a perfect omelet. Brother made a second chance frittata. Um, Kevin Flower Power made uh, a ranch waffle that is third place, but that's good enough because it just barely beat out Carrie's too much breakfast with ugly sausage. You know and what, not fancy though? enough toast. Yeah, that toast was was jar toast, but um, we've seen better toast, Carrie. But it looked like something I wanted to eat. Yeah, of course, what I was most charmed by was Kevin's 
utter confusion at a waffle iron. Yes. As if he had never been to any type of hotel. He'd never been to a hotel. Although, wait, actually, if I can, in his it defense. It was double-sided. It was a double-sided yeah, waffle but, iron, which I've never seen either. So he th- what happened was he took his waffle iron, turned it over, opened it, and thought a magic trick had happened. <laughs> I did too, though. I mean, like, I, w- I was on the same page. Tom was so charmed by it, too, it which I really so loved. It was so cute. I like if, if you can't turn on a pressure cooker before you go on Top Chef, that's a problem. If you don't know a double-headed waffle maker, that's reasonable. No, that we'll was okay. It, it was more like he was like, "Do I turn it?" Like he didn't know how to use the waffle yeah. in general. Was- My favorite moment was when he was like, "I think it's done," and he tried to open. He's like, "Well, it doesn't want to open. I'm gonna let it sit." <laughs> but that's right. That's how you know if your waffle's done. Well, and also he it, said it, it would look perfect, and Tom done. said, "Does it?" Oh. Which is always okay. a good bit of feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just questions. Yeah, I just taught Kyle how waffle irons work. By the way, <laughs> oh nice! So sure? all, everyone's learned a lot. Yeah, you guys got to go yeah. to more free continental breakfast. Well, uh, anyway, I thought it was fine. I'm super sad to see Carrie go, especially losing yeah. to a ranch waffle. That's pretty awful. Have you Ugh. guys noticed that, like, packing Mike's is basically a curse at this point? <laughs> the last two episodes that people have said people were going to go all the way, the picks have gotten out. Oh, that's true. I so think I'm that may be true with my, my history a lot. Are, are, we sure it's, are we sure it's a pack your mics curse or specific pack your mic host curse? It might be me. My point is Brandon is going to go all the way. <laughs> <laughs> Chef Bing for champion. Home, are you a witch now then? If that's if like you're actually right on this one? I'm a witch but like backwards? Like I have no intentionality behind my wishing? <laughs> You're Harry Potter yeah. pre going to Hogwarts. You're just making windows disappear in reptile cages. Yeah, yeah. Just maybe, letting snakes maybe, out. <laughs> maybe in several books you'll retcon that to be me speaking to snakes. I was okay with that retcon. Yeah, it's fine. I agree. It's nice actually. In the grand, the grand everything. scheme of Harry Potter retcons, I think that one's lovely. Yeah, I think it's nice too. You're right. Yeah, anyway, there's a grand scheme of them. Also, I predict the brother is going to go all the way. There you go. It's all there. Um, I. Yeah. <laughs> I do like when somebody throws something away and remakes it and it works. That was actually something that I do enjoy on the show. That's impressive. Yeah, for sure. Like, I really good thought shipping. it was going to be him that went home yeah. because mm-hmm. it didn't look that exciting at all to me. I was very surprised that it was like, I think, yeah, the second favorite. I mean, he really must shocking. have hated Carrie's uh, sausage, which I don't even understand because she didn't make a sausage in 20 minutes. So... She just like ground up a sausage and added some blueberries. I don't know. Yes, yeah. but yeah, it just had an ugly color that Tom couldn't get past. Whereas that really I don't need blue. <laughs> yeah, but that's better than a ranch waffle. Anyway, frankly, I might make a ranch waffle with my new salad dressing. Okay, well, mix. here's here's the thing, Alex. I don't think the color blue paid them a sponsorship. <laughs> that's true. That is very true. Um, anyway, it's sad to see Carrie go, but you know, it's Last Chance Kitchen. No one's going to get back on the show. Who knows? And Carrie's exit yeah. interview is. I'll do more Top Chef. Just call me. I'm yeah, always up for it. Yeah, and she gets to be a stool person. She what? She gets to be a stool person for a little bit. Yeah, stool person. She's over in the... Yeah, she's a stool hanger at her where they did the wave briefly. It's yeah, some good stool time. That's pretty cute. They yeah. did the wave, but Chef Jim, always on top of it, still remembered to tell them 10 minutes, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, and now we know from what he said last week that when you're on the stool, mostly you're just trying to think of what clever thing can you say to get you some some screen time. So, just, yeah, yelling out the time. Clocks. What is? People need clocks. Yeah, they that's do. Like a, that's a necessary. Yeah, they always have to have somebody saying the time. So just keep saying the time, and eventually they'll put you it's on. That or like, work. hey, what are you making, brother? <laughs> hey, do you have any Christmas traditions? Yeah. And all right, well, you're right, Maya. We should get wrapped up. So uh, that's it for the show. If you guys have uh, any more uh, thoughts and predictions, I'll take them now. Last chance. Who do you want to curse? I don't want to curse anyone. I want to celebrate Nini because I deeply love her. She is so wonderful. Um, Sarah also called out that she recognizes the Glossier makeup that she uses. It Nini looks like uses. she wears Glossier. Nini, please tell me if you use Glossier because it looks so good. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, you look great. So there's that. Uh, I have no <laughs> contribution to that. I don't. I don't know what you're saying. Um, I uh, also yeah. Next week is Restaurant Wars. That's the little preview. Is Three team restaurant wars. Apparently, it's a rough one. Well, yeah, it's so early. It's so many people. Yeah, I, I, I have a. Oh, and it's a double elimination. That we also learned that from the preview. Oh God, next week's gonna well, be a so, little rough. Prediction is 
um, they actually did run out on of all their Kentucky stuff, so that's why they're just trying to get the season over. Oh, they've just <laughs> we've already done it. <laughs> let's let's well, wrap like, it up, you guys. We we did bourbon and horses. Keep it moving. This well, is so Alaska. <laughs> yeah, bourbon, horses, and it's like, well, now we got Christmas, and then I was like, well, just restaurants. And they're like, uh, what's left? <laughs> Never mind. We're gonna eliminate nine chefs today. <laughs> you are the next top chef. Uh, uh, this is our uh, FX's Justified themed episode. Uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I would, that I can think of that takes would, place in man, Kentucky. If we get oh, the Crowders, okay, if we get Margo Martindale on there, I would be really excited. Well, that's fake right. Kentucky though. I'm gonna call that your well, prediction, Ezra. That it felt real to me. If any of those things happen, we will talk about them next week on Pack Your Mic. Margo Martindale is gonna go all the way. <laughs> Oh, curse. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Packyourmics.com. Let us know uh, how you're enjoying the show. Uh, You can also talk to Megan's Mailbag on Pack Your Mics on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Pack Your Mics. Um, And you can shop at PackYourMics.com slash Amazon. There's another way to give us a little bit of uh, donation without having to spend any money. Uh, Chris, wherever you are, pack your mics and go. Thanks for being here, Megan. Absolutely. And uh, uh, Sarah Classic and Ezra and Maya. Bye guys. Have a good holiday week off, and uh, and then uh, new Sarah and Kyle down in Los Angeles. You guys have a great warm Christmas. Thank you, you guys. so much. Happy Stay holidays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll be back, you guys, next week somehow. Even though there's a holiday in here, I didn't check to see if the episode is actually airing this week, but I think it is. So we should be back next week. Um, yeah. That's it. Goodbye. Happy 4th of July, everyone. (laughs) Happy 4th of July. (laughs)